Lordy Lord, the never-ending saga of Meghan and Harry and the monarchy are just giving me life. They're fueling me these days. Uh, it's fueling me. Um, and it's so interesting because I knew after the interview on Sunday night that there would be a lot of follow-up, as there is, as this is um, our... No, was the interview Monday? The interview was Sunday. So Monday, yesterday, and then Tuesday. There's just been nonstop stories. And of course, um, this is our third day of all royal news. So once again, well, first of all, hi, everybody. Uh, Second of all, if you guys aren't interested in all this, and I'm sure you are because everybody's living for the royalty, literally, um, being spilt, then, you know, don't worry. I think this might be my third and final day talking about all this and hopefully tomorrow's episode, Thursday, um, you know, I can incorporate some other news, pop culture news, but pretty much nothing else has been going on that interested me. I mean, Keeping Up with the Kardashians listed the, or, or, uh, put out the trailer for the final season, season 20, and it's literally getting no traction, even on E! News, where the show is is streaming or, or playing, which is crazy. But I think this story has sort of usurped the news cycle, even in, like, political news. It's on CNN. It's everywhere, and I love that. And I love that for Harry and Meghan because they're literally international superstars. So it's just great, and I'm living for it. And, um, yeah, I, I have four or five great stories for you guys today for... And then technically one of the stories is sort of a offshoot of that story. Um, but it's all about royalty, and I love that. But hi, everybody. It's Andrew, the V Truth, the Mistress of Pop Culture, coming at you. Happy Wednesday, hump day. Hope you're all having a great week so far. It's uh, going by pretty quick, which is great. Um, but again, it's because there's, like, literally so much going on in the world of um, royal news, which I am living for. But, um, well, that's just me. So, but anyways, aside from that, I have some great stories for you guys today. Not much is new since we last chatted. Uh, I've literally been glued to my computer and my phone, just checking up on updates, re-watching a lot of stuff that's been coming out. The view is so good this morning. Um, I love hearing the girls talk about it and love their opinions. Because it's like a universal story, and it's like everybody's sort of on the same page, sympathizing Meghan and Harry, um, and of course the Queen and uh, her boo. But um, yeah, I, I'm just going to get right into it, because I don't really have much else to say other than our, our um, you know... Stories for the day. And our first one is Queen Elizabeth II breaks silence on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's explosive interview. This is from E! News. The palace, of course, put out a statement, but um, this is <laughs> basically what the statement was. Queen Elizabeth is breaking her silence just days after CBS aired Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's interview with Oprah Winfrey. Buckingham Palace released a statement on Her Majesty's behalf. Quote, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The statement released on March 9th read, um, the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be much-loved family members. Um, and that was pretty much the end of the statement. I mean, I read, I read some follow-up that people were saying that's them gaslighting the situation and then not taking accountability for it. But I actually read the statement a few times because at first I was like, okay, what? And then um, basically them saying that recollections vary isn't necessarily saying they aren't true. It's just saying, and it's sort of, and, and, and this was the point of the interview. This was Megan and Harry's story. This was their experience, their experience. Obviously, everybody has different experiences. And when there's a situation between two parties, everybody interprets something differently. 
Not always. Oftentimes people see things... I mean, actually, I can't even say that. But from what, what I'm understanding about this is that the palace is seeing it one way. Meghan and Harry are, say they experienced an entirely different... Uh, 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 they experienced an entirely different experience, I guess is the way to say it. Which is really true. And it's like when you're in a fight with someone. There's always three sides to every story. Said party one, said party two, and then the truth. So that's what's making this really difficult. Um, but anyways, continue this article during the interview, which aired Sunday. Meghan and Harry made a number of claims against the royal family, as you guys know. At one point, the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan, who revealed she's expecting a baby girl, shared a conversation someone allegedly had with Harry while she was pregnant about their firstborn Archie Harrison. Harrison, excuse me, with regards to not receiving um, security, a title, and about you know the potential color of his skin, which is horrifying. But I think a lot of people now are thinking um, that it is allegedly uh, Charles because, as we know from The Crown, <laughs> he is a, like a really thick-headed person. And it's obviously not William and Kate. I mean, it could have been, but I just don't... I think that they're too in tune with the times. And I think William and Kate are not... They're not of that old... I mean, I think William very much wants to be king and he'll be a great king, but I also don't... I think he's a modern-day guy, obviously. Um and I, I just think Prince Charles, it just makes most sense that he would say something like that. And Camilla, Camilla Parker Bowles, Miss Parker Bowles. I can't even, I can't even. I'm going to rewatch season four of The Crown and it's literally going to fuel me up. And if you watch The Crown, watch all the seasons, of course, but pay close attention to Charles in season four and the way he treated Diana, which is why it all makes sense that Meghan hates them. Well, I'm not saying she hates them. She's just like really disappointed in the way that they acted. But anyways, so that's basically what the, uh, Her Majesty the Queen said, Buckingham Palace, and released, Buckingham Palace released a statement on the Queen's behalf. I'm sure she is sad, but again, to reiterate, Meghan and Harry were basically said throughout the interview that the Queen had been fantastic with them. And it's really interesting that the Queen, who is the Queen, was the one who was so super supportive and kind to them. But it's the rest of the institution, um, whatever they call them, the firm, that was not nice to them. But I shouldn't the Queen have president over everything and how people re- respond I just can't even. This is like why I wish I could see Olivia Coleman portray this out, even though it's going to be Amalda Staunton, and that's going to be incredible. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what Queenie said. Okay, second story of the day. This is actually a really big story, and I was reading about this this morning when I first woke up, and I was literally gagging because this is so much drama, so much royalty. This is from Deadline. Pierce Morgan quits Good Morning Britain after Meghan Markle suicide comments. Uh, okay, Pierce Morgan, a little background before I read the story. Him and Meghan Markle had a little bit of a... A history, I don't think a romantic history, but basically what had happened was they went out to get drinks in London, and I don't know if it was a date or like a networking thing, but after um, their drinks or whatever, socializing ended, Pierce put Meghan into a car, and Meghan then went off to a party where she met Prince Harry, and then again she met Harry the next day, and the rest is history. She never talked to Pierce Morgan again, and what a lot of people are saying is that Pierce Morgan is butthurt because Meghan left him for a print, but I mean like... (laughs) Anyone would. Um, but ever since then, he's like literally been on this smear campaign to uh, just drag her her name through the dirt. And it's like so obvious that he's just hurt and he's better. And I hate even saying that about someone because I know obviously it's really hard to get rejected. But like this is like nonsense. And he's using such a public platform, such a massive platform, i.e. television and radio, to like smear her that he needs to have several seats. So I think he we just need to cancel him. But anyways, let's read the article and we'll dissect. I'm so fueled up about all this. Okay. Um... Pierce Morgan has sensationally quit Good Morning Britain, the ITV breakfast show he helped revitalize after the former CNN anchor said he did not believe Meghan Markle's mental health issues led to her contemplating suicide, which is just a horrifying thing to say. 
Um, in a statement on Tuesday evening, UK time, ITV announced, quote, following discussions with ITV, Piers Morgan has decided now is the time to leave. Good morning, Britain. ITV has accepted his decision and has nothing further to add. It is not clear if Morgan was asked to step down or whether he made the decision voluntarily. What we do know is that ITV executives have held talks with the presenter in recent hours after taking issue with his Markle comments. ITV CEO Carolyn McCall faced the media this morning, this morning as in Tuesday morning, um, to talk about the company's 2020 earnings, but was instead grilled about Morgan's on-air antics. She refused to comment on whether ITV will support or punish Morgan, but said she wholeheartedly believed Markle's suicide remarks. Well, I completely believed her when she says that. Importantly, everyone should, McCall said. Um, Markle uh, revealed during... Okay, I just want to read more about what... Um, Okay, you know, I'm going to play the clip here because I think it's really good to give context and there's more about this article that I'm going to give you. So let's read, let's play this article. Uh, let me just find it. I had it up somewhere here. Um, and then you can see him because he, he was on the air today and he walked off. You know, TMZ did a really good uh, post of this. Sorry, I thought that it would all be here. I thought I had the clip all queued up, but I I don't know what happened. Um, okay, hold on. Let me find it here. It's probably on YouTube. <laughs> Sorry. You know, there's just like, literally so many components, and I have so many tabs pulled up because I'm reading so much information. Uh, okay, Pierce Morgan. P-I-E-R, Pierce Morgan. Um, okay. So this... Okay, so on his show this morning, this other anchor who was on the show was basically calling him out for being, like, a prick, and... Um, yeah, let's just watch this, listen to this, and then, you know, we can dissect, as we always do. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, here is the clip. Uh, I'm just trying to give you this, I want to give you this gentleman's name who called him out. I don't know what his name is, but anyways, okay. This is from the Washington Post via YouTube. Here we go. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this program a number of times, and I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meg Markle or had one, and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe, not my No, own no, no, no. See I'm, you later. I'm being... Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. You he, I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. Bravo to this man. Um, that was basically this morning. I'm just trying to figure out what this gentleman's name is who literally called him out and literally Pierce Morgan can't even handle it. But what I, what basically everyone is saying is that he was embarrassed that somebody was calling him out on his crapola, um, essentially saying that, um, he, you know, was butthurt about everything. I'm, what is this gentleman's name? Sorry. Hold on. Oh, here we go. Um... Okay, here we go. Uh, in another incident on Tuesday, this was yesterday, Morgan stormed off set, which is what we just played, live on air after being taken to task by co-anchor Alex Beresford. Okay, the gentleman's name is Alex Beresford. Um, calling out Morgan's diabolical behavior, Beresford said, quote, I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis, and we all have to sit here and listen. Uh, 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch, incredibly hard to watch. He has the ability to come in here and talk from a position where he doesn't fully understand. Um... Morgan was named, he was named a permanent fixture on that television show, Good Morning Britain, in 2015. 
Um, but yeah, so basically he quit the show and it's just, he can't get over the fact that he didn't get a girl. And that's what life is all about. You date people, you get rejected. It doesn't work out, but it doesn't make sense why he would be so bum hurt after literally one date with her, I guess is what's on the record of what is out there. And that he would be this obsessed. I mean, clearly, maybe he was smitten with her and it was like love at first sight, but I don't know. Anyways, I just had to, I had to, um, I had to play that for you guys. But anyways, our third story of the day, excuse me, is a follow-up to that from page six. Um, Sharon Osbourne, fellow Brit, defends Pierce Morgan um, with his Meghan Markle criticism. Uh, Sharon Osbourne, of course, is on the show The Talk. Sharon Osbourne defended Pierce Morgan's criticism of Meghan Markle's bombshell interview with Oprah Winfrey after he quit Good Morning Britain. Quote, this is the, she tweeted this. At Pierce Morgan, I'm with you. I stand by you. People forget that you are paid for your opinion and that you were just speaking your truth. Osbourne 68 tweeted on Tuesday. She and her husband Ozzy Osbourne have been friends with Morgan for years and even opened up about to the television host in an exclusive interview about the rocker's diagnosis with Parkinson's disease. Wow. Like Morgan, the Osbournes seem to be on the side of Buckingham Palace as the Black Sabbath frontman performed for Queen Elizabeth II during her Golden Jubilee pop concert in 2002. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine Queen Elizabeth II like smashing her crown and head to like Black Sabbath. That's like so fabulous. Sharon claimed that she accidentally grabbed Camilla Parker Bowles' breasts at the show. I'm sure Camilla Parker Bowles loved that. Um, and then, yeah. Like, the rest of the article sort of goes on to elaborate what I just reiterated to you uh, with regards to Pierce Morgan. But honestly, I mean, he has been on a smear campaign, and he's so... The fact that he doesn't believe what she said about um, those thoughts that she had, the suicidal thoughts, is just horrifying. And someone like that shouldn't be on TV. Someone like that shouldn't be given a platform. Someone like that should, um, you know, probably just disappear and live his own life, not in a public way, because it sends the wrong message and... Yes, he's an older guy. He's probably of a different generation, but that's still no excuse. And um, <laughs> bye, Felicia. Okay, fourth story of the day, uh, a little off of the royal family. Prince Charles dodges question about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's bombshell interview. Of course, Buckingham Palace, the palace, the royals, the crown are on a PR, uh, I guess, uh, facelift. And I saw on Instagram this morning that Prince Charles was interacting with some nurses that, you know, happened to be African-American, black, and that that was what the article was, uh, Prince Charles, you know, commemorating with black um, frontline workers, which is just like, I mean, it's great. Of course, they should be celebrated. All the frontline workers should be celebrated, but that's very transparent to me. That's not good. Okay. Prince Charles has no comment on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's tell-all interview on March 9th, which was Tuesday. The Prince of Wales was asked about his son and daughter-in-law sit down with Oprah Winfrey while leaving a coronavirus vaccine clinic in London. In a video clip shared by ITV's Lizzie Robinson, Charles continue excuse me, continues to walk out the door after hearing the question about the interview. While he didn't respond, this was his first public appearance since Harry and Meghan shared bombshell claims about the royal family during the sit-down, which aired on March 7th. Um, of course, then the article goes to uh, recap everything that was said in the interview. Um, Prince Charles did not respond when asked about Harry and Megan's interview with Oprah. Okay, this is the this is the video that is was um, Lizzie Robinson, <clears throat> excuse me, released via Twitter. So I'm going to play it for you guys. Sir, can I ask what did you think of the interview? Oh. Oh. Hi, sir. Thank you. Okay, he just walks out the door. I guess that was it. He didn't he didn't have a comment. I don't understand. Okay, and I know from what I'm gathering, the Crown just doesn't respond to this unless it comes from the Crown, i.e., that statement on behalf of Her Majesty. 
But why? We're living in 2021. Why can't you just comment and face the facts and face the press? Because that would make, in my opinion, Prince Charles and everyone in the royal family more accessible and more understandable. And, and it would just, it's, it's logical that somebody, it's only human to want to respond to something. It's not normal to just hide away. And that's what I think I'm, and if you watch The Crown, it's so difficult because I think it wasn't this past season, season four, where Olivia Coleman, who plays Queen Elizabeth, says the hardest job that they have is just to sit there and be Switzerland, be mutual, and not say anything. I can't imagine living that way. And I don't understand why anyone would want that, which is why I think the monarchy is totally out of date. And I understand that's how Britain operates, and that's you know why there's so much pride in that. But it's just wild. And I mean, I'm really thrilled that Harry and Meghan got out and... Because I know one of the one of the um, hardest parts to watch in this past season of The Crown was Princess Margaret's journey and how bored she essentially felt. Who, which, by the way, Helena Bonham Carter, who played uh, Margaret, is was incredible. Is incredible. I also love her in Harry Potter as Bellatrix. She's like a queen, and she's also in Alice in Wonderland. She plays a red queen. She's fabulous. Um, but anyways, I'll say all that to say she's constantly bored and she always feel, feels as though she has no purpose and nothing. And so she asks her sister, Queenie for a job, and her sister's like, no. So it's just, I can't even imagine, but... So it's interesting, and obviously Charles and Harry have a strained relationship, as Harry was saying, um, um, which is a shame, and I hope that, you know, they can rebuild their relationship. As Harry said, you know, it's going to be work, but he, he you know, loves his dad and his brother, so that's that on that. And now we bring ourselves to our fifth, no... One, two, three, four. To our sixth and final story of the day, which to me is the juiciest, say the best for last. And that is Thomas Markle. This is from People Magazine. Thomas Markle opens up about betrayal of staging paparazzi photos. I wish I hadn't done the whole thing. I mean, I, I, I watched his interview with Piers Morgan in his uh, Good Morning Britain interview this morning on TMZ, but I'm reading you the article from People because it was the one I pulled up. And I it just made my blood boil. And he's... But it's also hard because he's an older guy, and I think he was very... I just think he was manipulated by the press, by the British press, and that's a real shame. And he's saying... Essentially, he said in the interview, and I'm going to read you this article, but what he, what, one of the takeaways I felt was that... One of the takeaways that really resonated with me was that he said he was given no preparation from Meghan and Harry about how to deal with this. Neither was his mom. Uh, I'm sorry, Meghan's mom, so his ex-wife, I guess, because I don't think they're any, no longer together. But... Um, she literally has not said a word, yet he's like spilling all the tea to the press. So do you think that's the right thing to do, to take bribes and money from the British press to spill, um, you know, alleged letters from your daughter? No. So everybody has, Megan said this in her, in her interview too, there, everybody has to be held accountable for what went down. So anyways, okay, let's read the article. <gasps> oh, sorry, I have to take a breath. Whew, see, this is so, there's just, this is so, I'm so passionate about this because I'm loving this. This is like the greatest story. Well, it's not. It's a tragic story, but it's, it's really fascinating. Meghan Markle's dad is opening up about his, quote, betrayal of staging paparazzi photos with a British tabloid. Quote, I wish I hadn't done the whole thing, Thomas Markle, 76, told Good Morning Britain on Tuesday. Thomas also provided an ex the explanation that he felt forced into staging the photos because he felt totally unprotected by Meghan, Prince Harry, and the wider royal family in the face of the constant press attention at his home in Rosarito, Mexico. Quote, my oldest daughter was... Contacted by a man named Jeff Rayner, who was a photographer, who said, if you can convince your dad, we can make him look good, Thomas said. Quote, for an, entire, for an entire year outside my house, somebody was taking photographs of me. I couldn't go anywhere or do anything without being photographed. Buying something, coming out of a store, he added. 
And God forbid I'm buying beer for the guys at the guard gate. Everybody knows I don't drink, but I bought beers for the guys at my guard gate, he continued. They were the, the press. They were making me an alcoholic, calling me names, talking about the way I dress. So yes, I went for this deal where this man was going to make me look better. Maybe I got sucked into it. Excuse me. Maybe I got sucked into it, but I believed him. And I thought it was going to work. It didn't, of course. During our sit-down with Oprah um, on CBS, uh, the Duchess of Sussex, Megan 39, was asked whether it felt like betrayal when she learned her dad was working with the tabloids and staging photos. Megan said, quote, the tabloids had apparently known for a month or so where her father was to hold on until the Sunday before our wedding because they wanted to create drama. We called my dad and I asked him about staging the photos. He said, no, absolutely not. The Duchess continued in the Monday CBS morning clip. Oh, because Oprah released released extra footage from the interview that didn't make the air. Um, I said, I just need you to tell me the truth. We can help. And he wasn't able to do that, said Megan, who shares uh, 22-month-olds on Archie Harrison with uh, Prince Harry, 36. That, for me, that has really resonated, resonated, especially now as a mother. Um, I look at Archie. I think about this child, and I genuinely can't imagine doing anything to intentionally cause pain to my child. I can't imagine it, so it's hard for me to reconcile that. Um, Megan, her fa- Megan and her father have not spoken since the images were printed in the UK and last communicated via text while he was recovering from a heart surgery in the lead that led to her May 2018 wedding at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. Um, quote, at that point, we pretty much said goodbye, said Thomas on Tuesday, adding that he ultimately hung up the phone because Harry had texted him, quote, if you had listened to me, this wouldn't have happened to you. Me laying in a hospital bed after I had a procedure and getting a stent put here and a stent put there, points to his chest, uh, felt that that was kind of snotty, so hung up on him. Thomas said, good morning, Britain, and that's the last conversation we ever had. Um, despite feeling as though he's apologized for the photos at least 100 times or so, he told good morning, Britain, that he remains estranged from Megan, something that he's become, something that has become more painful following her dramatic revelation about how mentally traumatizing her life was inside of the royal family. Quote, I love my daughter very much, Markle said Tuesday. Had I known she was having psychological problems, I would have been there for her. Biggest problem here is that she's pretty much ghosted all of her family on her mother's side and my side. So she really had no one to reach out to. She would have had us. She would have had us if she'd kept us. I don't think that's true. I think Megan is still staying in touch with her mother. I think he's just throwing her under the bus. Also, it sounded as though when he was speaking in the interview, because I saw the video again via TMZ, he sounded very nervous and he sounded like an older guy, but he also sounded like someone who was heavily manipulated by the media, which he was. And I know that maybe he didn't have the knowledge to maybe ignore or say no comment, but I'm not a royal. And if someone in my family were marrying a royal or somebody very high profile and I was followed by photographers, you just don't respond and you don't give in and you don't give details. That's what's so upsetting. And I totally understand why Meghan and Harry feel betrayed, as they should. But it's also sad because this man had no knowledge or he didn't have the brains to think that that was the wrong thing to do no i think it was him in that uh, sorry i'm gonna think before i speak it was him and that other daughter megan's half sister samantha markle who i talked a little bit about yesterday and how she was called into a radio show in australia to talk about her book about her sister throwing her under the bus of course probably to make a dollar um sorry i just i've had like five of these good uh ghirardelli peppermint dark chocolate those chocolate square things and uh, they're so good um anyways um what was i saying something about samantha i don't know i mean now okay anyways i'm gonna finish this article in a personal message to harry and megan at the end of the interview he added quote 
I'd like to say again, I'm sorry for what I've done. This was two years ago. This was a long time ago, and I've certainly tried to make up for it. The stories in the paper each time are because I haven't heard from you. They know where I live. Now we're closer together. Um, they're probably about 70 miles from me now, so I'm available anytime that we can get together. I'd love to get together. I'd certainly like to see my grandson. Okay, well, I actually didn't see that in the interview, but that's nice that he said that, but I don't know if they're going to allow that because, you know, Megan and Harry probably feel as though if they get together, then he's probably going to call paparazzi and have them followed. So time definitely does heal all wounds, and that's that's actually something Harry said to Oprah in the interview. So, And it's not that, I mean, I know a lot of people probably feel as though what the dad did to Megan was horrible, and it was, but it's also like you never want to be estranged from your family, but also sometimes, you know, it's a tough situation on both sides. I mean, Harry has lost relationships, it seems like, and, you know, Megan with her father and her horrible half-sister. Oh, I can't even imagine. So it's sad. It's it's really sad. And I mean, the interview's there online if you want to watch it with her dad, but it's definitely not pleasant. And um, I think overall, the whole situation, as, you know, gossipy and fabulous and, like, drama-filled as this is, the overall message is this is about the dissolution of a family and uh, you know, family drama, private matters that should have been kept, pri- should have been kept private. Um, but I think Oprah, Oprah didn't do this to throw anyone under the bus, I think, because of the press. Not the U.S. The American press loves Meghan and Harry. In fact, the American press is actually not too bad. I mean, yes, there are certain like teen bot magazines that are bad, but the British press has really torn them apart. And I think, as, I, I think that's why Meghan and Harry wanted to sit down with Oprah, who's somebody who really everybody respects, as honest, honorable, asks poignant, smart, tough questions, um, and essentially just gets the truth out. And, and, and you know, what is, the, what is the overall message that they want to relay? And that's what Oprah's job is to facilitate that to the public. Um, yeah, it is sad, as, as you know, crazy and, and, and interesting as the inner workings of the royal family are. And I think that's so interesting for most people because most of us aren't royal. And we'd all love to be, but I guess it's not as great as it you know, it's cracked out to be. Except for the Princess Diaries. I mean, the Prince Anne Hathaway, you know, Princess Mia, Thermopolis, seems like fabulous, and Queen Clarice of Genovia. I mean, I think that's probably a royal family that I'd want to be a part of, but hey, it didn't come without its difficulties too, because look, she wanted to marry Chris Pine in the Princess Diaries too, royal engagement, but she had to end up marrying Prince Andrew of Scotland, remember? But it didn't work out because she ended up loving the other one. So it's just all crazy all around, but hey, that's just the world we live in. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this Third episode this week of, um, you know, royalty and whatnot. I appreciate it. I hope you're all having a great week. You can stream my podcast on Spotify, CastBox Radio, Google Podcasts, iTunes, the podcast app on the iPhone, basically anywhere where podcasts stream. And uh, I'll be back with you guys tomorrow, and hopefully I'll add in a story or two. Or maybe all my stories don't have to do with the royal drama. But you know what? Maybe they will. Who knows? Um, but that's not on that. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Take care. Wear your mask. Bye-bye.